Under the vigilant gaze of Watchmen, Kim and AJ continue their journey into the plot of Mass Effect 2. After stopping Samara from committing ritual murder, the pair assist Thane in committing ritual murder. No worries, though. That's just the code. and welcome to Asynchronous, a video game catch-up show. My name is AJ. My name is Kim. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I, couldn't, I couldn't echo that uh, reflection. <laughs> welcome to the show, episode four of season four, playing Mass Effect 2. And we today are talking about the dossiers for the assassin and the G- just Justicar. Justicar. And also some other Ilium stuff. Wink uh, is what I put in my notes. Um, nice. So if you haven't done that stuff, then... Scoot on out of here. Yeah, see ya. But otherwise, man, this game is so good. Yay. I Every time I finish playing this game, I just want to keep playing more uh, to the extent that I actually started playing a bit of the stuff that we're going to play next week <laughs> already. Uh, nice. So I, it's, I'm having a great time. But uh, before we get into all of that, Kim, you have bullshit. <laughs> uh, of course I do. So uh, those of you who listened to our Mass Effect one season will know that around the time that we were playing that game, I uh, found out that some good friends of mine were having a baby and mm. I attempted to to convince them through the medium of podcasting to name their child after a planet from Mass Effect one. Uh, unfortunately, that didn't work out. My plan failed. And I think that the reason why in retrospect is because they already had a name picked out. Like they had this name uh, picked out before they were ever pregnant. Like for years and years, right, I knew that right, they, right. they liked this baby name. Mm, okay. But so John Thor was a hard pitch. John Thor was a really hard pitch because they sure, were already, sure, sure. already set on, on the Fine. name layout. So however, yesterday attended a baby shower for another couple of good friends who are having a baby. Mm-hmm. which is usually why you have a baby shower. Anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, I just showed up at a baby shower. I just showed up at a baby shower. I'm going to call my next birthday party a baby shower. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. It's a shower for me. I am the 30 baby. years later. Um, yeah. So in this case, the baby does not yet have a name. Uh-huh. There's apparently a short list and they want to meet the baby and then decide what to name the baby. Sure, 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 sure. This is my chance. This is it. And yeah. so I present to you names of Mass Effect 2 planets that I think would make good baby names. Yeah. Now, uh, we have I have three categories here. Um, I've organized these into categories. Of course. The first is uh, planet names that sound like baby names, but they have unique spellings or a little twist on them. Mm. So, for example, there is a planet called Jonas. J-O-N-U-S. Sounds like the real name Jonas. Yeah. But it's not. It's there's a little there's a little little bit of a unique spelling there great for a big fan of the jonas brothers i think neither of these parents are but maybe they'll like the name anyway Mm -hmm. yeah i i think it's beautiful yeah uh allow me to play devil uh child's devil's advocate for a Mm -hmm. second joan 
the, the NUS is reminiscent of anus. So I think a, a Janus is in the future <laughs> of that child or something. Um, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to, to get in the mind of a middle sure, school bully. Sure. You know, <laughs> I guess that's an important perspective for us to have. <laughs> yes, please. We can't be all blue skies here. It's true. <laughs> they can't um, all be winners. Like Jump <laughs> Next up, we have Tarith. T-A-R-I-T-H. Okay. Sounds like Gareth, which is a name, um, but has a little spice to it. Yeah, I like Tarith. Yeah. There's no way there's no way you can think of to uh oh, bully I mean, someone like Terpiss or something. <laughs> or, I don't know. I'm that's, already sick okay, of this. Okay, if that's the best you can come up with, I'm feeling good about this. One. I'm already sick of the bit. So <laughs> <laughs> And that's as someone who's had a podcast for almost two years as a bit. So, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, OK, next up, we have Clogan. C-L-O-G-O-N. Sounds kind mm -hmm. of like Logan, which is mm -hmm. a name, a beautiful name. But again, just a little bit different, just a little bit unique. This is how we're naming babies these days. Everybody's got to be unique. Of, just a little bit of spice. A little on bit it. of spice. Clogan. Mm. <laughs> it's just an interesting <laughs> mouthfeel to Clogan. It does. It does have a, a, a unique mouthfeel. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one in this category is Gregas. G-R-E-G-A-S. This is a new take on Gregory, I think. It's like Gregory's old news. Everybody's Gregus now. Um, mm. Obviously, you can nickname them Greg. But I will say, if now that you've put in my mind the middle school bullying thing, that's Greg ass. Greg ass. Yeah. 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 That's going to be a problem. There is something kind of um, like medieval about Gregus, you know, like Ooh. Sir Gregus or something. I do. Uh, yeah. That's a good point. Is very. I almost said broad. I don't know. There's something very broad about the name Greg. Noble. Noble. Maybe. Yes. 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 Um, so next up, the next category I have is um what I'm calling virtue names. So you may be familiar with with the concept of virtue names. It is a common way to name a baby. So for example, Grace or uh serenity these are virtue names Joy, they, yeah. yeah they they convey like a word or a mood or an ideal for a baby to live up to and so in in the system that horizon is in there are quite there are a few of these we mm. have venture prospect and this one just hear me out okay watchman watchman Woo. <laughs> Watchman. Watchman. Can you is... imagine meeting someone named Watchman? <laughs> no, actually, I would be I would like see I have a meeting with Watchman at 2 p.m. And I would say cancel that immediately. <laughs> I do not want to be in the same room as Watchman. It's powerful, right? It's it's a little it's a little too powerful. I think <laughs> that's what that's it's like. It's frightening. It's like, uh, man, I, I'm trying to think of like if Batman didn't already exist, it's like getting mm -hmm. a letter. It's like, yeah, please meet me. My name is Batman. Like, <laughs> I don't think I actually do want to meet. I don't want to meet a Batman. <laughs> right. Uh, Watchmen really stuck in my craw right now. Mm -hmm. It's good. Uh, I, I also kind of I think it, I think it is good. I also kind of weirdly like Venture. Mm -hmm. Venture is like a very contemporary child name i feel isn't like. it yeah it is and it does if, if we're you know going off of the virtue thing like that's a good virtue mm -hmm. you know? now mm -hmm. on the other side of the coin 
Uh, my last virtue name is it's not it's not actually a virtue name, but it sounds like it could be a virtue name, sure. which will make sense when you hear it. But it is sort of like it's the opposite of the kinds of names that we usually hear as virtue names, things like venture. In mm. this case, it's it's laconics. L-A-C-O-N-I-X. And that's if you just want your baby to be a really chill dude. I think uh, yeah, that okay. laconics is a good is a good virtue name. Yeah. Sorry. I just had to Google the word laconic mm-hmm. uh, just to of a person, speech or style of writing using very few words. I like that. Really? And that's that's what it came up as on Google. That was the. Why did I think that laconic is like a like lazy? Oh, like lethargic. Maybe? That's, maybe that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. But I, do I don't like, know. I like I do like that. Yeah. Yeah. I do like like a few words. You know, you don't always you know, they don't say a lot, but what they do say matters. Matters. Hopefully. Yeah. You know? Listen up. You know, laconics Listen is speaking. Up. Exactly. Laconics is talking. Please. Everyone quiet. <laughs> laconics has the floor. Um, laconics so watchman. Whatever. <laughs> uh i listen i'm some of these are jokes but the more i say them the more i'm like hmm. anyway um finally our last last category is just some really good names just some names that i'm like "Mm, i like the mouthfeel of this give me more so the first one is thrivaldi t-h-r-i-v-a-l-d-i i think this is very elegant Mm-hmm. It sounds kind of like Vivaldi. Maybe it yeah. will inspire the baby to be a musician or a composer one day. Yeah. It, it's just very elegant. It is very good. I really like it. It's 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 fun to say Vivaldi. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did I did also make the Vivaldi connection. But if the kid doesn't like music, maybe that's going to be like some undue pressure. Oh, you know, of like, oh, I have to live up to my second two thirds of my name <laughs> <laughs> being Vivaldi. That's true. That's true. That could that could put some pressure on. Something to think about. It's a good name, though. Yeah. Um, the next one is Flett. F-L-E-T-T. Oh. That's a cool name. Flett, Flett is a really good name. Flett is a rebel. He's a mysterious loner. He has a hard shell and sadness behind his eyes. Flett. <laughs> Flett is the moment. Flett is the moment. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, Flett's good. Like, I feel like Flett could be like a nickname for like Fletcher or something. Which is mm. which is also a very contemporary child name. I feel like that's true. Um, there's something very very uh, powerful in the in the one syllable name. You know, mm-hmm. Flet. Yeah. You know, Kim. They're all very powerful names. Yeah, I can tell you, my my name strikes fear into the hearts of uh, no. Anyway, um, <laughs> next up we have Quarem. Q U A R E M. And what I like about this one, it's very situational, but at any meeting that needs a quorum, right. quorum has a very funny quip to say. It's I'm like, already here. Yeah, I, you have a quorum, but I'm Oh, my God. So like if um, I don't know if you want your kid to tell uh, one very situational bad dad joke. There's right, over and over again for the rest of mm-hmm. their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, next one. This is another need. It just sounds good. Antinax. A N T I N A X. The same. Talk about a cool guy. Antinax. Yeah. Antinax. Also, kind of a watchman situation, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah. It's kind little... of intimidating. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, Antinax is watchman's like villain. 
You know, <laughs> they are they are two sides of the same coin. It is. It's a little villainous. That's true. It is a little villain. But I mean, ending a name in an X is pretty just like stereotypical yeah. villain. You Old. Know? Next up, we have Yam. <laughs> um, why? <laughs> Sorry, I should have noticed that you were taking I a sip I nearly spit my coffee all over my computer. <laughs> Almost caused a spit Yam? take with Yam. Y-A-M-M. <laughs> If you're really into sweet potatoes, this is the name for you. <laughs> I have nothing to say about yam. I cannot believe you. I can't believe you've done this. Um. Okay, I have a couple more. The next one, echidna. <laughs> okay, that's just that's just an animal. That's just an animal. Um. But you know, there are so many famous echidnas, uh, including Knuckles. Mm-hmm. Name me a second one. <laughs> I dare you. <laughs> I was really going to be, if you named two, I was going to be blown away. <laughs> like, well. Yeah, no, I don't have a second one. I yeah, will okay. say, though, then your your kid's nickname could be Kid. Could be Kid, and that is really cute. That's cute. And finally, I think the coolest cool guy name on this list, Trident. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Can you imagine? Trident. I don't know if I can imagine, actually. <laughs> Trident. I just think it's so powerful. There's just no way to shorten that. It is powerful. It is powerful. Yeah, there is. Sure. There is no. There's no nickname for Trident. You just call him Dent. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's uh Yeah. That really. That really takes away all the power. I think. Yeah. Trident. But I do like that. You know, Trident summons a lot of imagery immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, very Poseidon, very mm-hmm. ocean. You know, it's giving yes. three sharp points. <laughs> It's giving it's giving King, you know? Yeah. King Trident. Yeah. King Trident, exactly. So that's good. I yeah. think that's good. Yeah, so those that- are all the names. Uh let me know your favorites uh on, on Twitter or in the Discord, and uh I will present them to my friends and hopefully this time I'll get it. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. My uh my partner's out for the next couple of days, and I feel like I'm gonna have a, a hard time turning the lights off tonight thinking about Watchmen. <laughs> He's always watching. Every noise I hear <laughs> is that watchman. <laughs> Horrifying. Uh, Cam, thank you so much, as always. You're um, very welcome. Jeez Louise. Uh, friends who are having a, a baby, congratulations. And please uh, peruse our wares. Whatever, whatever <laughs> name you'd like to choose, they're all yours. They're, uh, we'll sign yeah, the rights you, away. These are, these are for free. These are for free. But anyway, let's get into the episode, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, with a little bit of a Normandy walkabout. Post Horizon. Sure. Oh man, yam! I can't. <laughs> 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 we are back on the Normandy after the Horizon mission. Just running around, seeing what everybody's up to. I'm really. I gotta tell you. You said mm-hmm. this last week that. Um, Garrus doesn't have anything to say. And even at the end of today, like where I've done two more missions Mm -hmm. and also talked to another past crew member with Garrus present, he's still just calibrating. And it makes me really, really upset. Yeah, he will continue to calibrate for a while, too. And it's it's one of the biggest weaknesses of this game is that until the point where your squad mates have like missions for you. They really run out of dialogue for a long time. Um, And it's, it just, it makes it feel a lot less. It makes the Normandy feel a lot less alive. Yeah. 
Yeah. Someone also in the Discord pointed out that one thing that was a bummer for them in um, Mass Effect 2, this was uh, Lost in the Sauce, Sauce spelled S-A-U-5, very good name. Wow. They said, I think ME2's biggest weakness is how the squad mates don't interact with each other in any meaningful capacity, which leaves the game feeling like 12 individual disconnected stories. Mm. Three does a better job of that, albeit with far fewer squad mates. That is true, um, which you will see in three. I also think that one kind of does it better mm. by like it's it's sort of a goof. But those conversations that the squad mates have in the elevators sometimes yeah. I think do a good job of just like filling in that space of like are my squad mates getting to know each other right here we get very little of that unless you happen to take two squad mates on a mission and they yeah. exchange some dialogue together yeah <laughs> or there there are a couple of and i don't want to spoil it but there are a couple sure. of scenes that you may get where a couple of characters interact and shepherd like interacts with them as well <laughs> Um, sure. <laughs> yeah just <laughs> gonna keep it vague and you'll you'll see I when love you get when there. characters interact yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i love getting to interact with characters too um yeah. so yeah but like those are those are very far and few between and mm -hmm. so it's definitely um i think it's a very valid criticism of, of yeah. this game is that like the dialogue becomes very much in service to whatever quests they have you going on. And mm. it gives you a little bit less of like this getting to know you. I will say after you do people's loyalty missions, they tend to open up a little bit more and you mm. do get more of that dialogue and it starts to feel more kind of dynamic again. But mm. yeah, in between the, you'll go for these long stretches. And also once somebody gives you their loyalty mission, until you do the loyalty mission like you can't really talk to them they'll just be like remember my loyalty mission and you can be like can you remind me what your loyalty mission is <laughs> or yes. just yeah, like goodbye I already encountered that that's fun yeah yeah <laughs> so uh, like again it just feels a little bit like dead <laughs> for lack of a better word yeah well it's 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 one of those things that like the writing in this game is so good in other parts that like it is extremely noticeable that it's lacking mm -hmm. here Mm -hmm. um which like to be so. fair obviously that would be a lot of writing to do yeah, but, yeah for sure but, for sure yeah i agree um so just wanted to make note on that i'm upset that garris won't talk to me, me uh <laughs> zaid says uh he's never seen anything like horizon he tells the story of an eight-year-old uh that he saved from some slavers and that now she lives on Omega, I think, but he says that she wouldn't have survived on Horizon. So mm -hmm. he's like, you know, Zaid's seen a lot of shit, but he's never seen anything like this. Ken and Gabby have a silly conversation when you go down to engineering where uh, uh, Gabby's like, oh, there's a, a, a new crew member down in the down in the the engine zone or whatever and ken's like oh they better not touch anything and then she's like oh he's like oh she's like where barely wears any clothes besides tattoos and some straps and he's like oh i better go check it out <laughs> he's like also she's a convicted murderer and he's like oh stop playing games with me uh it's just very silly jack says she's really only here to survive the mission and then bounce she says that jacob doesn't know who he is and that miranda's a b word mm -hmm. uh and that she could she could steal the normandy if she wanted but but mm -hmm. she won't. Uh, and then she gives us a little bit of her past, just kind of, you know, you, you, she opens up about a whole bunch of stuff. She talks about vandalism and piracy, uh, uh, assault. She was a member of a cult, all this stuff. Um, I do really love the line when she's talking about the cult. She says she's like listing everything off. She says, joined a cult, kept the haircut and then just like keeps talking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's a really great line uh, and then finishes off that whole like 
you know, talking about her, her past vaguely with, uh, I learned how to survive and not be a victim. Mm -hmm. Um, Is this also where she talks about a, I don't want to spoil it in case you didn't get it, but I think it's here, like a romantic relationship she was in. No, I don't think so. Okay. No, the only conversations I've had with her, I had this one. And then later there was one where she talks more about specifically about her childhood, but Mm -hmm. no relationship stuff yet. Okay. It's, it's like sort of a throwaway. Oh, okay. Then maybe I just missed it. I don't know. Yeah. So she mentions that she was in a relationship with like, she was basically in a poly relationship with, with two people, a man and a woman. And yet Jack is only romanceable by M. Shep. Boo. Nonsense. Um, But yeah, apparently Jack was intended to be a pansexual romance until negative backlash from fox news concerning the first mass effect game jesus christ forced them to rewrite cool stupid great we should let let this be a lesson to us all about uh caring what fox news has to say <laughs> it makes your I video games if, worse yeah if fox news is telling you not to do something you should probably do it <laughs> um anyway yeah she talks about stealing a space station which is why she thinks she could steal the normandy and she says uh you know, she she connects two things as you talk. She hijacked a space station and then crashed it into a Hanar moon, uh, which they were apparently not very happy about. Wild. Um, she goes on to say that she's only alive because of instinct. And and that's pretty much where the conversation ends. She 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 ends it off by saying she feels weird, like talking about the stuff like she's never talked about it with anyone. So she says, so fuck you. And thanks for asking. Uh, and then and then the scene ends, um, which I just thought was a, you know, a nice moment. Mm-hmm. Cool stuff. Uh, Grunt <laughs> still has no feelings about the mission. He says, I fight. Doesn't matter who for. Okir didn't give him any information about the collectors. Um, Gortney asks, like, oh, what, like, what's what's in that noggin about these bugs? Uh, and he says, Okir spent all his time in old hatreds. So anything that wasn't related to the genophage or, you know, any anything with the, to do with the Krogan mm-hmm. uprisings or revenge or whatever it wasn't in. Uh, like Grunt's info packet or whatever you want to call it. He also talks about uh, that he's remembered an imprint of the Battle of Canrum. And when when Shepard asked for context, uh, it was this battle was like one of the, the final kind of death rattles of the, the Krogan rebellions. Um, there was the, the death of Sheager, who was a Krogan uh, war leader. The Turians killed her but then they were hunted down and like destroyed like mm-hmm. physically destroyed um so he talks about seeing like uh, a, a, a turian with no armor um and like peeling back the fucking that's gross uh and then he says it's funny uh and Courtney's like why is that funny he's like well it's not funny it's just like great he's like because he laughs he's like well it's not funny mm-hmm. it's just great um uh, because the turians got what they deserved and he says, I get it. I hate Turians. I thought you'd be glad. <laughs> and he seems a little upset that you're like not like yeah. psyched that he like feels something. Mm-hmm. So Courtney's just like, oh, OK, well, like, don't <laughs> don't do anything with Garrus. Like, he's just a dude. And he's like, well, I don't hate Garrus. I hate Turians. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as long as Garrus is working for you and he doesn't give me any trouble, then, you know, we're on the same side and it's it's fine. And then he ends off by saying uh, Okir was blind, but that uh, Grunt is beginning to see why he should care. So cool i love grunt 
a great <laughs> a great character i was telling kim before we started recording there were so many characters in this game that i didn't know existed uh and grunt was one of them and honestly i have to say i'm really glad that i didn't know anything about grunt because he is quickly rising to the top of my favorite characters um wow he just he's great and he just has a bunch of like silly one-liners and stuff uh that are like totally in character because he is weirdly like a jokester which i think is funny Mm -hmm. um like he made that no point joke last week uh he said something this week i don't know but like when when you took him on the jack mission last Mm -hmm. week he just says jack is small like yeah hilarious Uh, incredible fun to have around he's fun to have around i just love krogan's i think they're they're all great Mm -hmm. i love their vibes (laughs) yeah and then this is kind of where we start getting this is my i guess my first seed of a loyalty mission Mm -hmm. uh because once we rescued jack and we did the horizon mission jacob was like oh well i guess we're really doing this we should prop like people are gonna have things they're gonna want you to do Mm -hmm. you know before we like possibly go to kill ourselves uh so that was like Mm -hmm. the seed for that and then we talked to miranda and finally she has something new to say and this new thing she has to say is that she has a twin sister Mm -hmm. uh holy shit instantly like a billion times more interested in Miranda's story now yeah like her her storyline was 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 interesting don't get me wrong but this has added a level of like intrigue that is I, Mm -hmm. I I I really really love yeah I mean I think what I said last time is like this this whole like Miranda's perfect thing is interesting but they're not really doing anything with it yeah and I think Obviously, I'm familiar with this mission, um, but this is my first time really thinking critically about it. And so I think it actually is pretty interesting. So why don't you talk about it and then I'll give my thoughts on why I'm like, okay, this is actually like now that I think about it more, (laughs) a little more interesting than I than I used to think it was. Yeah. So she, uh, you know, she tells you, you know, she has a twin sister uh, and they were they've they've been split, obviously. But whereas Miranda ran to Cerberus for protection she basically wanted to make sure her sister was able to live a normal life. Mm-hmm. Um, so her sister lives on Ilium, where she has a husband and kids and, you know, just like a regular normal life. She says this a whole bunch of just like she is just like normal. And it's the way, you know, the, the, in the context in which she says these things are like kind of like I wish I could be normal as well, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is nice to see some sort of emotion out of Miranda for once. Mm-hmm. But now she thinks that uh, her father or their father has found uh, her sister, uh, and that we she would like Shepard to help save her sister, uh, whose mm-hmm. name is Aud. Oh God, what is Oriana? Oriana. I knew it was like yeah. a name that starts with an A. Normally, See, but they put you an got o. it. It's 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 like Ariana, but there's but a little it's a little bit unique. That's how <laughs> we're naming kids these days, baby. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I I think that this is actually very interesting because it's like especially this being uh miranda's like genetic twin it feels Mm. like this is her trying to carve out like this is what my life would have been if i if i had a normal life and that's why Mm -hmm. she's not obviously she just like cares for her sister as well but it's like she's creating an opportunity for another version of herself to have a life that she thinks she can't have Mm -hmm. it's like you know it's like her alternate universe kind of but as for her own life it's like she's kind of given up on it right like she's resigned like we you know we talked about this conversation you have with her sort of earlier in the game where she's like kind of resigned to being a tool for someone else's use whether her father or the elusive man or whatever and yeah i think that's really interesting and it's made me you know more interested in uh doing the miranda romance for the first time um 
Yeah, which I I kind of was planning on doing anyway, because, again, it's I'm trying to do things that I would never normally do. And you're you're not uh, going for the Kelly Chambers romance. So the thing about the (laughs) Kelly Chambers romance is that it is just a one night stand and you can do that and still pursue. And there are one night stands in the next couple in this game and in Mass Effect 3. Oh, yeah. Certain certain romances are not Hmm. like locked in romances. They're just things. Um, Situationships. Sure. So, yeah, I might still do the Kelly Chambers thing just to have done it, <laughs> even though I'm not thrilled um, sure. from what I know of it. But, um, yeah. yeah, I am very interested to learn more about Miranda now. Yeah, it is really interesting that uh, you you laying it out like that. Like she is expressing agency of a life that like she wishes she could have, you know, like mm-hmm. she, she is she is trying to do as much as she can to make sure a version of herself has, you know, a life where she feels like she has some sort of agency mm-hmm. um that's good that's very good um yeah. so i did uh i did i did start that um mm. before we started recording but you'll have to wait until next week there you go there's a teaser well kelly chambers asks uh or kelly chambers says we're amazing first of all and then asks how it went with ashley and we're like ah, uh, it was fine <laughs> she's like okay <laughs> cool great there's a little bit of extra dialogue there if you're m shep oh uh even if you haven't romanced Ashley Kelly will ask if there are romantic feelings like oh like you know did you was there something going on there or whatever and you can be like yeah but it's over now or yeah and I miss her um something like that so yeah Hmm. yeah so I checked the mail (laughs) and there's a note a weird letter from a convict that we got that was like Mm -hmm. thank you for freeing me I'm gonna do murder but also I'm gonna put your name uh, spell your name in blood so you should go find that before I kill you but I'll make sure you find it before I kill you but I am gonna kill you (laughs) love Billy I was like okay weird um fine (laughs) cool I guess your actions have consequences. I, you know, I I truly don't know what the point of that. Yeah, there's is. well, there's a lot of messages you get like that um, in this game where like after a certain mission, someone mm. from the mission will just reach out and be like, thank you for doing this or whatever. Mm. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I think it's just flavor more sure. than anything in most cases. We also get a letter from or a, a, I keep saying letter, but I'm going to keep saying letter. We get a letter from Robin Reeve saying that she's reached out to the Alliance and the Council, but they aren't doing anything uh, about her her family who was taken by the collectors. So she got our information uh, on Horizon, from, right? They were taken yes. on Horizon. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, from yeah, on Horizon. So she reaches out to Shepard and is like, help. I said, OK, so I got another email uh-huh. that you are not going to get oh if you romance caden slash ashley and see them on horizon you get an email from them (gasps) oh man okay yeah so um and it just so happens that caden and ashley's voice actors recorded and released like them reading these emails and they are both so well done so i don't know if you want to like listen and live react to this or i don't know how you want to do it but i i really wanted you to hear these just because they're so good and it's also the letters are very different not very different but like there's they're absolutely different letters as between caden and ashley that are just great for characterization shepherd i'm sorry what I said back on Horizon. I mean, I spent two years pulling myself back together after you went down with the Normandy. It took me a long time to get over my guilt for surviving and to move on. And I finally let my friends talk me into going out for drinks with the doctor on the Citadel. 
nothing serious. I'm just trying to let myself out of life again, you know? And then I saw you. And everything just pulled hard to port. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. That. Oh my God. Powerful, man. right? Holy shit. Like what what a voice performance. That's not is... even in the game. He just apparently he did that for like a little like Thanksgiving treat for the list for the players. And yeah. then Ashley's uh voice actor was like, Oh, I'm gonna record one too, and did it. Fuck, um, I'm like sweating. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. So God. like I think that that I, I almost wonder if like that is a huge part of like why <laughs> uh why I am like such a Caden fan is like sure. that performance alone that's not even in the sure. game. But I mean even the even the content of the letter is like really really yeah. something. Um Yeah. That's a lot. Like the that that night before Ilos meant everything to me. Mm-hmm. Which, like, is a little, like, calm down, dude. But the, well, I, that's how yeah. Caden was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If it's very, it's very in character. Mm-hmm. Jeez, Louise. I want to listen to the, the Ashley one. <laughs> okay. Shepard. I'm sorry for what I said back on Horizon. When I lost you two years ago, it tore me up. I prayed for you every day. I read a lot of Tennyson thinking about you. Just like I did when my dad passed. And you came back. And it was like my prayers were answered. But I'm not who I was then and neither are you. Also very good. I gotta mm-hmm. say, the the Caden one is is better. better uh, I, I think, just yeah. it's just like he really takes his time with it, but but yeah. still extremely good. I think that's like such a side of Ashley that mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't romance her last game, obviously, but like I feel like even if you do romance her, that's still a side of her that you don't even really get. I absolutely, and letter. I think it. I like her better in that letter than than ever before. It yeah. feels it feels much more vulnerable. And yeah. I also like like these letters are very different. I think hers is very much like I'm sorry. And like, I just want to wish you luck. Caden's still mad at you. <laughs> like, Caden yeah. still feels pissed. Like a- Ashley's kind of like, we're just different people than we were. Caden's mm-hmm. like, I can't put aside what you're doing. I like which is so interesting because that's like, like <laughs> yeah, well, it, that that's like their opposite of how they react on mm-hmm. horizon like yeah not completely but like ashley is like you know the hot-headed one mm-hmm. or whatever but it's like they they both feel these emotions in extremely different ways and even in these letters you you you, you see that like ashley feels right. stuff in very intense short bursts and caden feels these things extended over his you know entire mm-hmm. life very yeah. very interesting yeah, it's and it's certainly even though the reactions in the letters are are somewhat different from the way they are in person, it doesn't feel um, inconsistent. It just feels no. like someone who's processing. Yeah. Um, 
it's it's so well written it's maybe one of my favorite parts of this game is is getting that letter which i didn't even realize is a thing that doesn't happen if you don't romance them because i had said to you oh let me know when you get a certain letter because i wanted to send you those videos and then you were like i haven't got here are all the letters i've gotten and i was like yeah Oh, that's only a thing you get if you romance them. <laughs> Which I think kind of sucks, actually. Like, In a that way, really blows. <laughs> yeah, because it, it, it is. I, I mean, I think that that is, I forget if we talked about it at length, but it is certainly something that is worth noting about these two particular characters that like you don't get their full depth unless you romance them. Sure, sure. Like, and it's it's just a bummer because they're they're really good characters i mean i could do without the space racism but like they 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 have a lot of depth and there's a lot of interesting things about them and these voice actors i think are both incredible yeah um at selling it it's just you get cut off from them if you don't romance them and maybe that's just sort of realistic of like yeah you're gonna get to know somebody better if you don't um you know, if you <laughs> are in a romantic relationship with them. But I, I think when you compare them to the other characters who you spend a lot of time talking to in, in Mass Effect 1 and on and learning a lot of, you know, a lot about their families and their backgrounds and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, <laughs> like generational trauma they they have. Sure. It does feel like Caden and Ashley sort of get the short end of the stick. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah, it's 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 good stuff. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing those. Um, sure. They will be in the show notes as well if you'd like to uh, listen. I don't know right now recording. I don't know how I'm incorporating that in the episode. I think I'm probably just going to like maybe play a line or two and then come back to reaction. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but if you want the entire video, they will be in the show notes. Uh, and I highly recommend you listen to them. Good stuff. Upset that I didn't get that letter. So then uh, still in the Normandy, uh, Jacob left a note with Kelly that he wants to see you. And when you go to talk to him, this is his loyalty mission mm-hmm. uh, seed. He was contacted by family uh, about the Hugo Gernsback, which is a ship that his father <laughs> served on. Uh, that is just, first of all, the funniest name for a yeah. ship. Really, really good. But it's a ship that went missing 10 years ago, uh, but he's just received a distress beacon. Sorry, it, he wasn't contacted by family. He was like, he said he was contacted by like the a ghost of family or whatever mm-hmm. uh, because his dad served on the ship. So he just received a distress beacon. He, he, he isn't sure if it's automated or not, but like... 10 years is a long time before a distress signal gets sent out. So he's like, mm-hmm. maybe we could just check it out, see if it's just the wreckage and then leave. Uh, but he's afraid to like let it go because he stopped talking to his dad like three years before the thing went missing, but before the ship went missing. And he says like, that was a whole life ago. Um, and so he wants to like, if there's a chance that he can save or talk to his dad, I imagine if it was any of his family, he would feel the same way. Cause like, he seems pretty disconnected from his family mm-hmm. generally. He just wants to have some connection to his past, if if at all possible. Um, he does say that the message was passed through Cerberus filters, which Gortney and AJ, I think, are justifiably like, are you sure it's not a Cerberus thing? <laughs> and he's like, it's kind of circuitous for Cerberus. Like, if this this seems like kind of even too obtuse mm-hmm. for it to be like a Cer- like a, a elusive man, like constructed thing. So I don't think it's that. But I don't think there's any harm in going to check it out. Uh, and Gortney also does not think there's any harm in it. Cool. Cool. Um, 
<laughs> I went to go talk to Morton. He didn't have anything new to say, but he did say, he says, between your interruption, Shepard, and uh, Edie constantly telling me to stop uh, with my, quote, insane experiments, uh, <laughs> he's, he's just basically bummed out that people keep interrupting him. He just wants to be able to focus on his mm-hmm. work. It's very funny. Joker was surprised to run into Ashley. He says, <laughs> he's like, it's like she was frontline fighting with you at the Citadel and I'm the one roped into this mission. Did our files get switched? Um, which I thought was was a funny observation. Uh, I think he I think he made a slightly different oh. uh, observation with Jin, I guess, because of like the romantic sure. like aspect. I think he's just like, so did was that OK? <laughs> <laughs> and Jin can either be like, yeah, you know, whatever kind of sucked or be like, it was bad. Don't talk to me. <laughs> So, yeah, I picked the the shitty option, obviously. Of course, of course, for for our our shit man. Our shit man. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, that's everything I did on the Normandy. Was there anything else that you wanted to touch on? Uh, No, I got a few. So like these, depending on like if you accidentally fail to talk to someone in between missions, you can like get these in like slightly different, different places yeah. but yeah so like there's a few things that i got um or like one thing that i got after horizon that um you have not gotten yet but i'm sure that you've gotten it by now um, okay. so we can talk about it later sure we will because we'll be back on the normandy soon enough but first mm-hmm. let's head to ilium to do ilium. a bunch of stuff Yeah, so Ilium is a an Asari planet uh-huh. uh, that is very like it's sort of I'm trying to think of how to describe it. It's it's like it is an Asari planet, but it's not really like I think controlled by the Asari government. So it's mm. a little it's it's like Omega, but with mm. like it's like fancy Omega. Yeah. When um, if you bring Garrus here, you can like look out on the Vista and he's like, this might look nice, but it is just like, there is probably worse crime happening here than on Omega. So, like, don't let that fool you. Mm-hmm. It's okay. So it's sort of like a a trade point between the Terminus systems and the Asari mm-hmm. republics. So all of the rules of, like, customs and things uh, are relaxed because yeah, it's not officially waters. an Asari world. Yeah, it's it's kind of like that. And it has sort of a Novaria vibe of, like, this mm. place is kind of run by corporations. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's interesting you say that because one of the first people you run into here mm-hmm. uh, or you who you can run into, which I don't think you did because you killed them, mm-hmm. uh, is Gianna Parasini. Yes. Uh, who was the undercover... She was undercover for one of the other corporations on Novaria yeah. uh, with the, I don't remember his name, um, the Solarian bad guy on Novaria who Gortney got arrested. Gortney, Gortney had him arrested, but... Jin got uh, them killed. Jin had them kill each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, which is fun. So yeah, she's, you know, still on undercover business stuff and, you know, I don't know, Gortney's friendly enough with her. She doesn't really care about the business things. Mm-hmm. Um, so we basically just like do a sting for her of like trying to there there's a uh, an asari woman who is uh like stole some some schematics from novaria or smuggled smuggled some schematics from novaria uh and she's like can you get her to try and sell these to you and you're like yeah sure i guess you do that and then gianna's like ha got you you owe us a lot of money and she's like <laughs> oh no you've um, been entrapped <laughs> you've been entrapped yeah and so that's that whole mission and then you can talk to gianna and she's like thanks for helping me do white collar crime <laughs> um literally she like well, calls she's, that out she's stopping you from or she's preventing white collar crime I 
guess, because she like represents the corpse, right? Right. Yeah. But she is also like, like you said, entrapping and like going undercover and stuff for these companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she it's says, like, if you took the worst of corporations and the worst of cops and put them together, and that's what Gianna Parasini does. She literally, she said, when I was growing up, I wanted to be CSEC or a cop, <laughs> but I couldn't because that's not where the money is. So I got into corporate. Sick, and Gianna. then I got into, you know, the espionage stuff uh, and white collar crime is much cleaner and doesn't send you to bed with uh, things that you'll never want to see again, uh, which <laughs> I was like, OK, I guess. <laughs> or so I said, if you're living in Jin's universe, just gets you killed. Just gets you killed. Yeah. Uh, so then Gourney said it was nice seeing you. And then they leave. <laughs> so one of the things that is like immediately uh, uh, you are you are approached by uh, Karina, who is a uh, uh, God, what's the word? Oh, concierge. Concierge. What they call Thank her, you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and she's basically like, hey, Liara Tassoni wants to see you. She's, you know, she has an office right on the trading floor. Uh, and you're like, oh, what do you trade? And she's like, oh, you know, weapons, blah, 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 people, uh, etc. Indentured servants. <laughs> and Courtney's yeah. like, I'm sorry, wait, people? Um, she's like, yeah, they're indentured servants. You know, they're, they're and Courtney's like, OK, so slavery. And she's like, no, we pay them. They sign contracts. It's very legal. Um, she says they <laughs> her defense was they agree to the terms and uh, they agree to the terms to pay debts or avoid imprisonment, which is just <laughs> slavery. <laughs> It's just Indeed. slavery. It's just slavery. Um, <laughs> but that's, I do, I, it really fits with the Ilium is just like Omega with a bit of spit shine, you know? Like, these, <laughs> this is yes. no different than Batarian slavers. It, yes. it just has a nice shiny contract. It's just nicer. It. Yes, exactly. Fucking wild. And then there's a, uh, later on, I'll, I'll just skip to it now, but later on, you can run into uh, a Quarian uh, and an Asari who's like, the Quarian is indentured to is enslaved by this asari mm-hmm. uh and she's like oh i'm trying to get you sold to this uh some you know some organization or whatever but but they don't want to deal with the fact that like you're a slave even though you're an indentured <laughs> servant right and then she's like i am an indentured servant yes yeah um, she like wants to be an indentured servant yeah. this yeah. is one example of mass effect both sidesing a little too hard well, oh, yeah, I guess I could see it like that. But like first, Gortney offered like, well, what if I like pay the fee and then just set her free? And the, the Asari is like, well, no, you can't do that because in the contract, there's actually another fee to let them <laughs> go out of the contract early. So you'd have to pay like several hundred credits, several hundred thousand credits just to purchase her. And then it'd be whatever the fee is. It's like, OK, what the fuck? Uh, and then you can go talk to the Asari and be like, hey, if you buy this servant and then also pay the fee, then like you'll your company will actually look good for getting someone out of enslavement. <laughs> and the, that Asari is like, yeah, OK, you're right. Which was like her whole hang up was like, oh, well, we don't want to buy a slave because that mm-hmm. looks bad for business. <laughs> it's like, no, you can actually free a slave, um, which is good for business and the person, I guess. Yeah, it's it's a bit both sidesy. I see what you mean, but I don't know. I guess I just didn't, it didn't read like that to me. Cause in my mind, like she is bad. Like the, yeah, Yeah, I think it's just the fact that like, if you talk to the quarry and she's like, I want this because I need to pay off my debts. Yeah. I mean, I guess anyone who's thinking a little bit more critically will be like, it's bad that she has to do this, but yes, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, so that's, that's the whole slavery indentured servitude angle of Ilium. Um, great. So then you can go talk to Liara. Um, did you, and, did you do anything else in that bar? In the bar? Yeah. 
I, I don't. It depends. What thing are you talking about? So there's a few things. Did you run into uh, our old friend Conrad Werner? No. Okay. You may not have spoken to him enough in Mass Effect 1, which I have never done before, but apparently I did this time. So there's a few times that you run into Conrad Werner in Mass Effect 1 if you uh-huh. like happen to like go to the Citadel enough times and like walk yeah. past his little spot. And if if you like complete that mission, I guess, of of mm. running into Conrad Werner enough, you see him here in Mass Effect 2. Oh. Uh, and Jin, so uh, my situation with Conrad Verter in the end, it ended with Jin pulling a gun on him. And I don't remember why it was either just like he was annoyed with him or Conrad was like, I, I want to be just like you. And Jin mm. was like, don't because you're just a <laughs> civilian and you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Sure. Um. So because I did that, like Conrad will come back. Uh, sort of either way if you if you do his mission but because i picked the um the renegade option conrad comes back and is found in this bar in ilium making a scene and causing trouble yeah um because he's he's decided to be this like tough guy sort of renegade type um and if you you, like walk in and talk to him and like he's like oh my god you were dead but like you're the reason i'm like this like you taught me to be tough and whatever and you died and like they they needed like we needed someone like you. You were gone. Like, I, and so I stepped up to fill the role. It's like, Conrad, do you have any combat training? He's like, no, not really. And uh, he mentions that his wife is supportive because she, quote, even paid for my shuttle fare off world. Um, <laughs> uh, and I think at some point, maybe it's how, how, how you start the conversation, but it's like you walk up to him and he like, He's like, oh, you know, what are you going to do? Because he's been harassing the bartender and you walk up to him and you're like, stop this. And he's like, what are you going to do about it? And the most renegade option is to shoot him in the foot. So that's what Jin did. (laughs) Um, And he's like whining about it. Um, But basically this ends with Conrad being like, I'll show you. I'll be like, you know, I'll be the toughest tough guy out there. God. Now, there are a few ways that this can go. Certain options you choose, you can like convince Conrad to like go home and stop being like this. Or you can just sort of be like, all right, whatever. Like, I'm going to let you like live your life. But if you do the most renegade thing like Jen did, not long after this, you overhear a news report that Conrad has been killed on Ilium. No! Something about him like jumping on top of a bus and dying or something like falling off and dying i don't know um so conrad has uh (laughs) unfortunately passed away in my game wow but uh there are versions of this where conrad lives on to mass effect 3 and either gets killed then um (laughs) because because you see him in mass effect 3 and like say something rude to him then or if you like it continue to like be as paragon as you can in these conversations with him um, I think he actually goes on to like do great things like he does like save somebody or something. So, yeah, that's the story of Conrad Werner, which I think wow. for both of us now has ended. <laughs> um, wow. That is yeah. 
That's wild. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. There are also a couple of interesting conversations you can overhear in this bar. I don't know if yeah. you remember doing that, the bachelor party. Uh, I kind of eavesdropped a little bit on the bachelor party. There's a Solarian who's like getting married or whatever, but he's like, Solarians don't even really get married. So I don't know why yeah. we're having a bachelor party. And then I didn't pay attention to who else was at the table. I assume it was a human. There's a human and there's a Turian. Okay. Uh, and one of them is like, oh, you're getting married, dude. You have to have a bachelor party. And that's all I heard about it. I didn't really listen much yeah. more than that. Yeah, it takes a lot. There's a lot of dialogue here. So I understand tapping out. Um, but yeah, so the idea is Solarians are um, marriage is very transactional for them. It's mm -hmm. mostly just about like, OK, like who's going to make the, the best baby? Yeah, it's genes. It's yeah, it's all yeah. about that. So um, so he's like, what the fuck are we doing here? The human's like, no, you got to have a bachelor party. You're getting married. Um, <laughs> the Turian is like, I'm just here for the drinks. Um, nice. So basically, they're like watching the stripper. Um, this is sorry, stripper. And at some point, this is where they have the conversation about Asari and the three of them, each of them are like the Asari. She just looks like, you know, the human is like Asari's look like oh. humans. Uh, and the Turian's like, no, like Asari's look like like Turians. Like, look at the head crest. And oh my God. Uh, the Solarian thinks that Asari's just look like blue Solarians. And so Whoa. this has started like a dialogue in the fandom about whether there is actually something going on here with like the you know how every species views the asari or if these are just three drunk guys in a bar who mm. are just like seeing the similarities between their you know like sure. the, whatever similarities there happen to be between sure. uh their species and the asari uh, um, which is it, i think it's widely regarded as the latter being true but it is a fun thing to to think about of mm. um is it possible that um there's something else going on here yeah i like to think about it as like it's like pheromonal or something you know like there's some mm -hmm. sort of chemical reaction happening within your eyes or whatever yeah could be also did you talk to the bartender at all no I talk to the bartender man i did a lot here and i and i feel like i've still missed the bar so much. there's so much stuff in the bar um well just in general just on ilium in general yeah it's true so, yeah, I won't I won't spoil the stuff with the bartender because I think it's just an interesting conversation. It's nothing like in particular, but um, okay. I just think it's interesting. OK. And then I don't know if you overheard the conversation between the Turian and the Quarian. I vaguely remember it. I, di I, I did listen, but I don't remember. What it said. Yeah. So basically there's a Turian and a Quarian there um, having a conversation about how she she was like dating a human and it didn't work yes, out. Yes, and, that's what it was. Yeah. Yes. And she's like, everybody is like so afraid to like get intimate with me because they're afraid of making me sick. But like, I don't you know, I just want to have a good time or whatever. Um, and the Turian's like, yeah, you know, maybe maybe you should stop dating humans. Maybe you should date someone. I don't know. Maybe somebody who can eat the same food as you yeah. because Turians and Quarians have like a different genetic makeup that means that they can't eat the same food as humans and other races. That conversation um, is so good. That's it's so, so it's good so because good. what becomes apparent is that the Turian has a huge crush on the Quarian and is just like unable to voice it. This man's down yeah. bad and he's not doing a good job of expressing it. Yeah. At some point he's like, hey, do you want to see Fleet and Flotilla? There's like really interesting, supposed to be like great depiction of like, uh, what was it? Uh, Turian and Quarian relations. And she's just like <laughs> completely blows past it. Oh, wow. um, so 
rip to this man uh just completely friend zoned yeah uh, <laughs> wow yeah that conversation's so, so yeah. good it is very good it ends with her being like oh i had this uh like nerve stimulation thing installed in my suit uh which is implied to just be like a vibrator <laughs> um <laughs> she's like let me power it on right now i'm like girl what are you doing in a bar uh anyway oh but you know good for her i guess yeah incredible um so wow. yeah i'll stop talking about this bar now <laughs> it's good no it's really good uh, it, it's great it's such a, a dense place mm-hmm. um for mm-hmm. house even it's very small um which i guess yeah. is kind of the definition of density right like it's a, a lot in yeah i guess so but whatever but they do a good job too of making it feel populated mm-hmm. and like when you look out on the horizon you see it's like a huge city yeah. like a yeah. huge bustling city um so it, it they've done a great job of taking this small space and letting you extrapolate out and realize what a big bustling city this is. Yeah. Yeah. Also, as soon as you show up, you run into an Asari. Mm, yeah. Uh, sorry. I forgot about this. <laughs> no, that's fine. The bar stuff is really good. Um, but you run into an Asari and it's like, hi, I have a friend who has a message for you. And you're like, okay, what's the message? And then her eyes roll back in her head and she starts speaking and and says a whole bunch of stuff uh, uh, about the uh, uh, Rachni and then ends off that this whole thing about like, thank you for saving us, et cetera, et cetera. She says, uh, uh, Shepard, we hide, we burrow, we build, but we know that you seek those who soured the songs of our mothers. When the time comes, our voice will join with yours and our crescendo will burn the darkness clean. Uh it's good. Um, it's really good. I still love the like the use of singing as like how how the Rachni yeah. communicate. It's really good. Uh, she also says in there, the Rachni will sing again because of you, um, because, you know, we saved the Rachni queen uh, in, in Mass Effect one. And then you can you can ask some questions of this. Sorry, but a lot of it's she's like she's like, oh, do you know where the Rachni are? And she's like, no, that's kind of like blocked in my memory right now uh, when it becomes relevant. I'm sure she will let me remember and I can tell you, but not right now where, you know, she's just being safe, biding time. And you can ask about the like the 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 songs of our mother's line, uh, which she tells you is like basically implying that the Reapers somehow altered the song of the Rachni. And that is what started the Rachni Wars. Mm-hmm. The line um, she says is something soured the voice of her people. Yeah. Um I knew you it's were gonna love so this. Good. I was. I was so excited for you to hear this part. I, I knew it was like, gonna be right up your alley. I was agog. I was aghast. <laughs> uh, can Marius be in love at last? Um, <laughs> sorry, I was a lamez reference. Um, love that for you. Uh, yeah, that's sick as shit. This is the stuff that I love about this game. Uh, and there's a little bit more of this later on after we meet Thane. Um, Thane. But we'll, we'll get there. Uh, I love this. I'm so excited for more Rachni stuff eventually, Same. I assume, in yeah. the next game. I, I can't mm-hmm. imagine. I, yeah, the Rachni will come. The Rachni will return. <laughs> <laughs> the Rachni will return in Thor 5. Yeah, I am so hot on this. I would read an entire book about the Rachni. Um, Amazing. Which actually, now that I say that, might exist uh just because oh. there, there's like books for mass effect right does mass effect have ancillary book there series are, there are yeah i think there are like graphic novels at the very mass least effect if not books. like actual novels Rachni. oh there's um, a, one of one of the, the things is mass effect books in order which means there are several of them fuck. oh my god oh my god 
Uh, Mass Effect books worth reading? Oh, there's a bunch. <laughs> oh, no. No, I don't have time for this, but I want to. Oh, there's yeah, seven I... of them. All right, well, I need Sorry. them all. Yeah. Um, there's I don't one know that... why it never occurred to me to read these. I wonder if these are any good. Anyway, I'll get there later. I'm excited about the Rachni. Anyway, moving on. So then you can go and talk to <laughs> Liara, finally, uh, and she is there. Um, <laughs> uh, she's like in this office. She's in kind of a similar setup to um, oh, what's her name in uh, Aria in Omega. She's kind of got oh. this like this office that like overlooks, you know, the rest of mm-hmm. Alien, whatever. But uh, for me, I am like 100 percent sure this didn't happen for you. Uh, she says, hi, they embrace and they kiss. Oh, yeah. No kiss for us. Yeah. Uh, something worth noting is she has an assistant, which is really funny. I will say when you walk in, uh, she says, have you ever faced an an Asari commando unit before? Few humans have or something like that. Uh, That is a line that Benezia says in Mass Effect 1. Oh, so, yeah, it's just an interesting little callback that that's the line that she's like on the phone and is saying that to someone when you walk in the office. Okay, okay, okay. Yes. Um, And then, yeah, that's the same line. that Benezia said. And that is so good. I love that. Um, so, you know, you kiss and then she sits down and basically Liara has become like a, a shadow broker light. She just like has all this information and she traffics in it. She, she, this is how she makes her money, how she makes her living. Um, and that's what she is doing. Yeah. So she basically tells you like, you know, ever since you left, this is kind of what I've been, what I've been doing, what I've been up to. Oh, this is a nice side by side. Yeah. Um, and then it's like, I would love to come with you, but I can't. That's not how this works. I have things to do. I have stuff to figure out on my own. Sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. But Gordon is like, okay, but is there like anything I could do to help you still, uh, even if you can't come with us? Uh, and she tells you that um, she needs you to hack into some security terminals and upload information to her security system. And when you're like, why can't you do it? She says, I have to be here on my end and my security system to make sure that nobody has my <laughs> stuff. This quest is so boring. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's a very lame way to kick off what is actually a very good DLC. Yeah, which whatever, it's fine. So you, you go and hack those things and you bring it back and she's like, OK, great. Uh, this, once you hack the three terminals, you upload the stuff. She's like, okay, this information is actually going to get me possibly closer to finding the shadow broker. Um, Mm -hmm. so thank you so much. And you're like, oh, can I help with that? And she's like, uh, I don't really want to like, you know, she's kind of like playing coy or whatever. Um, but you can do that. And that does lead into the DLC. Uh, but I have not done that yet because we're going to do that next week. Um, Mm -hmm. because it's a big boy. It is a big DLC, but it is very good and very fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so then while we are talking to Liara, uh, we're also looking for the Justicar Samara uh, and the assassin Thane, uh, Thane Krios. So, you know, Liara has information. So she tells you information about both of them, roughly where they are or where they were last seen. And she tells you that Samara is or has last been seen at the... Uh, um, shipping office or tracking office to to do whatever she is doing so you head down there uh and you meet with officer dara who (laughs) explains to you the 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 concept of a justicar but right before that you do see a volus kind of walking around down in that area like 
I've been swindled. I can't believe what's happening. I've been swindled. I <laughs> uh, like okay, great. But yeah, so so you 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 head down and Officer Dara tells you like, okay, well, the Justicar is here on some mission. I don't know exactly what it is, but she is here and she is led by a code and explains to you that the Justicars are basically specters if there had to be an analog, but even mm-hmm. that isn't really true because they answer to a monastic code. Um, and they are very strict about it. It's yeah, it's basically like a paragon version of a specter. Like if the concept of a specter is very renegade, like they can do whatever they want to get the mission done, whatever. Yeah. Justicars have the same kind of discretion, except that they abide by this code that yeah. is like you said, extremely strict. Yeah, this is the chaotic good to the specters, chaotic neutral. I don't even, um, I think it's lawful good, right? Like, I, or maybe, maybe yeah, not maybe. lawful, but it follows a law, right? Yeah, there is a law to it. Yeah, for, for I don't want to get too deep into it, but yeah, <laughs> for, like for something to be the, the chaotic version, it's just like whatever, by whatever means necessary, right. I will do good or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also think that is a very blurry line in terms of what is chaotic right. and what is lawful in terms of like, I'm following this and I will do whatever mm-hmm. it takes uh, based based on my code. Uh, yeah. to do this thing which is basically like you can do whatever you want and if anybody is mean to you you can kill them and it's that's just part of the code baby sorry i i, I didn't decide that that's just the code <laughs> that's so, just the code that's just the code um so officer dara is also an asari and so she like knows about the the justicar code and stuff it's like i've been told to go arrest the justicar for interfering with an investigation uh, or something like that. I don't remember exactly what it is, but I know that if I try to arrest her, she will kill me. Yeah, I think the what she says is, um, her her the higher ups have asked her to arrest the Jessica because they're afraid that she might do something or hurt mm. someone or kill someone that might cause like an interspecies conflict, and so they're yeah. like, just arrest her, just get her out of there. But like you said, if she does that, the Jessica like the code requires her to like kill if necessary to get out of prison yeah so um so she does not want to do that by the way who'd you bring on this mission uh on this mission i brought uh i believe morden and grunt i think okay Uh, i brought morden and thane because i actually got thane before this mission uh, okay i don't know if you got uh, a little bit of dialogue from your squad mates Mm. uh when you're talking about the fact that uh dara has been given uh suicidal orders have you did you Mm, ring a bell think so no so i guess it depends on the the combination of squad mates that you get but um as a shepherd you can kind of be like well you shouldn't it doesn't make sense for you to like follow orders that are suicidal (laughs) and for for me this time around uh morden said good to know uh since you know we're often like our missions involve mortal danger all the time. <laughs> and Thane goes, yeah, that's like twice a day, which I'm like, Thane, you just got here. You can't start roasting me right already. Damn. Um, brutal. That's funny. Um, also, the uh, the Garrus line here, I'm very familiar with because, of course, I am, yeah. um, is very good. He's like, we can ignore suicidal orders. Why wasn't I informed? <laughs> um, very good. Uh, very and, <laughs> and Jin was like, what we're doing is saving the galaxy. Yeah, yeah, There's no yeah. reason for Dara to have to like <laughs> sacrifice herself for this stupid order. Yeah. Um, but that's yeah, it's just a, a, a bit of fun flavor. That's good. 
Uh, so you can go and you, you know, uh, you tell Dara, like, look, I'll go find the Justicar before you can. Uh, you know, it'll be a strategic, like, we'll leave five minutes before you do. <laughs> and we'll get there <laughs> first and talk to her and tell her, like, look, we will take care of whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. Please don't kill this officer for trying to arrest you, uh, which is what you do. So you fight through some Eclipse grunts and stuff. Uh, and then you find Samara. Um, and in my notes, I wrote Samara fucking Morimura looking ass. Um, yeah, Samara's design. It, it's cool, it's but it's why? Why? It is why. It's all, I mean, it, it's, and, and of course, the camera, when you first see her, like, pan, does the pan of her yeah, body. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely very gazy. She's wearing this, like, red sort of catsuit thing with these, like, tall boots and the catsuit is like very low cut yeah her this is it's cornelia style like yes defying gravity which <laughs> i have to assume she's just got like got the biotics working on that at all for times sure, for just sure. give some lift yeah very cool outfit seems really unnecessary <laughs> she also has a cool little like crown kind yeah, of I thing that. that's just like it, it's just like it's on her like forehead and face and just sort of stuck on stuck there, there yeah. presumably with like eyelash glue or something it looks incredible <laughs> it's good it's yeah, a the- great fit i don't understand why uh this like crime fighting just a car <laughs> needs look, it, to look like that but it's great if you're gonna live for a thousand years don't you want to at least look hot while you do it <laughs> you know did you did you uh there's a did you talk to the asari in the like shipping area i think in ilium the krogan boyfriend the krogan boyfriend (laughs) yeah yeah we can get to that later if you want but um she she has a funny line about that where she's like (laughs) what is it wait let me find it's the, the, the line about humans and stuff she says it's fun to be a mercenary or like dance at bars for a while, but then you hit the matron stage and you get your back tattoo removed, let your scalp go back to its natural blue and settle down with someone dependable. I don't think I got that line, actually. No, I must have just missed that. That that yeah, prompt. I thought you were talking about the one where option. she's like where she's like, it's easier with humans because you only have to like tough it out for like a century. No offense. And then they die. Yeah. And then they die. But Krogan's live a long time. Yeah. Uh, so it's yeah. like an actual life condition. <laughs> uh it's very yeah. good i love that bit that's so funny it's a, it's a great bit we could talk about it more later but i just thought sure. that uh that note about you know oh Dude, you want to yeah. you like sow your wild oats when you're young but then you yeah. settle down <laughs> um you're right might yeah. as well look good while you do it you gotta look good while you do it so uh you get there and you tell samara your whole plan of of you know we'll we'll do whatever you need us to do uh, and you can be arrested for for a day. Uh, and so Officer Dara mm-hmm. shows up and she's like, I'm going to take you into custody. And Samara's like, yeah, that's fine. I will do that based on the code. I'm allowed to do that for 24 hours. And then I have to kill you to get out. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. That's just the code. I, I, you know, I can't do anything about it. It's just mm-hmm. the code. This is the code. It's just the code. And Dara's like, yeah, no, I get it. So she like looks at Shepard and is like, please be quick. So uh, Samara basically tells you that her her mission uh, has been to uh, uh, find out the name of a ship that an Asari she's been following uh, was smuggled off the planet in. Did that sentence make sense? You're looking for the name of a ship yeah. that was used to smuggle an Asari, which is why she is also out of Asari space because Justicars don't usually leave uh, Asari space generally uh because like you know the code gets pretty iffy on other planets mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or in, in other systems i guess so she's like yeah i had to follow this asari she fled you know she fled out of the asari you know space so i had to follow her 
Uh, you're like, okay, great. And she tells you uh, to talk to the Volus Pitney Four uh, because she thinks that he has information. Uh, mm-hmm. And so you do. <laughs> you talk to him and he's like, hi, I'm a Volus. Uh, one of my favorite races <laughs> in this game. Uh, just a reminder, uh, because we haven't really talked to a Volus mm-hmm. since uh, Mass Effect 1. They are these you know, short little round guys who wear these uh, pressurized suits because, mm-hmm. <laughs> because their planet... Oh, it's so good. Their planet has high gravity and like a really high amount of greenhouse gases, I think, or something. So they need like a ventilator suit that will, you know, mimic mm-hmm. the air from from their planet. But they also need the suit to be pressurized because if they're exposed to a lower gravity planet, they will literally split open. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, oh, my God. It's so good. Yeah. I love that shit. So anyway, uh, he tells you that he's been uh, smuggling stuff, uh, but he tells you main, the last thing that he smuggled to the eclipse uh, was this drug for biotic enhancing. And then he like takes a pause and he's like, and it's also poisonous. <laughs> uh, you're like, oh, OK, so you sent them poison and they're mad at you for it. And he's like, yeah. Wah, wah, wah. Um, and it's like his his partner has gone missing, assumes he is dead. Um, so I believe that is. Yeah, and so he tells you he will give you the name of the ship. No, okay, so he has an in with Eclipse uh, mm-hmm. because he was working for them, uh, you know, giving them stuff. And he's like, he yeah, knows they where gave, the headquarters is. He knows where the headquarters is, and he knows um, he knows how to get. Like he has a key because he made a copy of the key that they gave him, uh, and so you use that key to get into their place to then find out the name of the ship that the Asari was smuggled onto off of the planet mm-hmm. uh so that you head into eclipse territory you do a bunch of shooting you meet an asari named elnora who's like oh my gosh you killed them all i please don't kill me i was just i, I just got initiated yesterday i thought it would be cool but it's not cool mm-hmm. um and i this is where i've discovered a fatal flaw in myself it's mm-hmm. very hard for me to avoid a quick time event Mm -hmm. (laughs) so as she's like giving you this whole spiel about how she doesn't actually want to kill people and stuff and blah 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 you can just take your gun out um, as a renegade renegade option yeah and i did do that and she said um like (laughs) what did she say laura said like not so fast bitch or something and like took her gun out fuck you (laughs) yeah uh and so you know we shot her down and she died uh because that's what happens when you get shot Mm -hmm. Uh, and it turns out yes yeah it turns out you you find out pretty quickly you find a voice memo from elnora's like i love to kill people it's great <laughs> killing is my favorite i loved killing that volus that was great uh yeah. so you know he, she was one of the uh she was the one that killed pitney four's uh uh companion mm-hmm. um and you know now she's dead so cool uh there's a fun <laughs> resolution to that at the very end of this <laughs> which we'll get yeah. to in a moment. Uh, and so then you continue fighting through. I am enjoying the gunplay in this game. It's a little samey, but it's always mm-hmm. fun, I think. Um, yeah, that's I think how I describe it. Yeah, I think that the biotic, like having biotics now and actually like using them um, has been fun for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big fan of warp. Uh, does a lot of damage and destroys armor and barriers. It's great. Yeah. Super useful. I think that's the most interesting thing about it is like 
armor and barriers and shields and knowing which things to use to mm-hmm. um to get the job done which yep. is like not it's not particularly complex but it is it is fun to be like oh okay morden use your incinerate to like burn their armor and then mm-hmm. when they get down to whatever like that stuff is kind of fun yeah but also at the same time it's not like hard enough to get through that stuff normally mm-hmm. that if you aren't utilizing like i'm not giving my squad mates any orders to use their stuff at oh, any particular okay. time i'm just doing my stuff and i'm letting them do their stuff whenever they want to like i'll switch their weapons every once in a while just to mm-hmm. get the, the weapon that is like better against armor or whatever but i'm not telling them to do you know their their special whatever i'm i'm fine yeah not i don't about i don't really pay attention to their weapons but i do mm. give them orders a lot of the oh, time oh interesting like interesting. okay you use incinerate and i'll use incinerate and then like mm. that thing's armor will be gone and we can just shoot it dead and mm. yeah interesting i um i did the thane mission actually with jack as well so having mm-hmm. two biotics um just like fucking throwing blue shit at the entire time mm-hmm. was so much fun um just people flying in the air you know is great yeah shockwave incredible shockwave move rules. i love shockwave singularity rules yeah throw fun when it hits um, yeah eventually you find a volus uh who has been um uh, injected with this biotic drug that has made him think he's like a biotic god or whatever mm-hmm. and i don't this isn't pitney four's like no this, this is, is another volus this is just some volus that they um because we know that 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 volus yeah. is dead that's like, a, yeah okay that's yeah. that's what i thought that was like that was just confirmed and then we meet another volus yeah it's like, wait. they um it he mentions that like they like eclipse basically was testing the drugs on him mm-hmm. uh injecting him with them so yeah i think this is just some other guy uh great so you find him it's kind of goofy and then he goes in and is like i'm gonna kill captain wasaya and then he goes in you and can, you can try and stop him actually yeah i did try and stop Jim him but didn't. he did not yeah and so then you head in and you do a bunch of shooting and you fight a big strong biotic captain and then you steal her data pad and that has the name of the ship the aml demeter uh shout out to hades hey <laughs> uh so then you get <laughs> shout that out from- to greek mythology yeah, shout out to greek mythology uh what's up um so then you get you head back to officer dara and you're like hey i figured out what happened uh, or sorry you tell samara that you found the name of the ship and also you tell uh dara that uh elnora was the one that killed pitney Four's compatriot uh, and she's like, did you oh. do that in a renegade way or in a paragon way? Because um, there's two there's you can choose the paralog option, which is like, hey, I found out who the murderer is. And um, the renegade option, like as written out, is like, I did your job for you. Oh, no. And then yeah, what, I did what Jin actually said was, turns out police work isn't so hard if you leave the station. <laughs> Which I felt bad because I like Jesus. Officer Dara, but I'm like, I think that Jin's going to be rude to cops at any opportunity. Yeah, so. Sure. Yeah. Um, no, Gourtney was nice about it. <laughs> but it's very <laughs> funny because she's like, oh, this recording is great, but it's like not admissible in court or whatever right. because she's dead. We have no proof. And Samar is like, I vouch for Shepard. <laughs> Dara's like, that's good enough for me. It's yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> like they can Uh, override the rules of admissibility in court it's really funny um it's kind of insane yeah uh really really funny uh so that's that's that and then samara's like all right let's hop on the ship uh and you do jacob is happy that she's here uh and says she'll be an asset i got another letter here uh quick from lizbeth bainham from zoo's hope on novaria they're good (laughs) that's it that's the whole note um 
more on that later, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for now, let's continue on Ilium. We're doing Thane now, baby. <laughs> um, it's Thane time. Yeah. Uh, so Liara tells us that he arrived a few days ago looking for Nasana Dantius, Dantius uh, mm-hmm. and that you should go talk to Serena in shipping to see where Dantius is and, or see where Thane is rather. Uh, and so you go to talk to this woman in shipping uh, and she, she asks the, the, the woman she's working with, she's like, here, cover for me. And then you go off and you talk and she's like, yeah, I used to work for, for Nasana, but she was a real piece of work. Uh, and I like didn't agree with her methods or whatever. Uh, and so she fired me and then Thane showed up asking for where she was. And I told him because I want her dead because I don't like her. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> great. Um, and also revealed that Nasana Dantius is, uh, somebody from the Citadel, uh, who in the last game I had killed her sister, uh, who was right. a, a slaver. So I, I remember this person. It's very interesting. So, yeah. Uh, when you're asking, like, oh, did Thane tell you, like, who hired him or, like, why he's doing this? And she's like, yeah, he's not doing it for money. Uh, he says nobody hired him. He just said he had to restore balance in his life. So I just, you know, I didn't really ask too many questions because, like, mm-hmm. I just want this lady dead. So I don't really care uh, as yeah. long as he does it. That's great for me. And tells you that there's... Two towers, the Dantius Towers, which is very funny. There's the main one, and then there is one that is still under construction. And she says, like, if Thane is any, is like an assassin worth his salt or whatever, he'll, like, go through the under construction one and then cross the bridge to the main one because it'll be easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're like, okay, well, then we'll do that. And so then you go and do that. This is a bunch of shooting up a tower. It's intense, I guess. I don't know. It was a lot. I liked it. Uh, and as you go, you're running into Salarians who were... Basically yes. working in the towers. Um, and w- once Nasana realized that she was under attack by Thane, um, she had Eclipse come in and basically just like either evacuate them or if they they weren't out fast enough, um, she just ha- like had Eclipse killing all of these like innocent yeah. Solarians. And she didn't even um, send Eclipse after them. She sent like the robot dogs or whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, like, the Yeah. The mechs. Yeah. And yeah, it's as you as you continue to run into these guys, it becomes clear that like Thane is also trying to protect them. Um, some of them are like locked in like a closet and they're like, yeah, like some guy just like pushed us in here and locked the door. Mm-hmm. And in another case, like you, you open up a door and find them and there's like a dead eclipse uh, <laughs> grunt on the ground. Yeah. And and Jin is like, you you guys killed this guy. And they're like, no, like some guy came in and like killed a bunch of eclipse soldiers mm-hmm. like who were who were threatening us or whatever. Yeah. So I, <laughs> it, I the whole Solarian thing here, the idea that like she's just killing Solarians because they happen to be here feels a little like forced. Like it's mm-hmm. a, a sort of a heavy handed way of showing you like this assassin has a heart. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's like I feel it feels a little like ham fisted. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I think the payoff is good because Thane is such a fascinating character. Um, yeah. And this does a lot to like help start establishing why so yeah it's uh, i guess it works but (laughs) as you're going through it feels a little goofy yeah i guess it works i hadn't really even thought about it honestly 
I don't know. Now that you got me thinking about it, I don't think it needed to be there because I think yeah. Thane generally is just such an interesting character. I mean, immediately, as soon as you meet him, which I think we can just skip right to. Yeah. Um, you come across uh, Nassana Dantius and she's like, you're dead. And Courtney says, I got better, uh, which I think was so <laughs> fucking funny. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, there's a whole back and forth about like, I can't believe you're doing all this illegal stuff. And she's like, mm-hmm. I'm just a killer just like you, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then uh, you're like, I'm not even here to kill you, idiot. Yeah, like I'm not the assassin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, to which then Thane drops from the ceiling uh, and summarily murders three dudes. And then Nasana by just shooting her in the stomach and then laying her like as she's dying, laying mm-hmm. her down on her like console and like crossing her arms over her heart. Uh, where she just dies and then he like immediately goes into a prayer position um, like one like knee on ground whatever but I think that moment like sick before he even says anything is like a sick and b like oh this dude is like not just killing like he's like got a code or whatever you know like the fact that he 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 lays her down like with her hands crossed over her chest is like like it could be just like a weird serial killer thing to do or it could be because he like has i don't know like has a heart or whatever but then Mm -hmm. he like starts to pray um but yeah i was just gonna say this whole scene is extremely cinematic um it's like the sun has started to come up over the horizon and we get a lot of like lens flares and it's yeah it looks really cool there's a part where where uh, nasana when she still thinks that you're like here to kill her she like turns around with the sun at her back and she's got this like aura this like halo of sun around her and she says do you think you're god or something which is just like <laughs> jesus christ like we didn't have to go this hard um yeah but it did but it did and it's really good but then so uh um, thane immediately starts praying uh and he says um uh blah, 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 blah. i didn't write that specific line down but he says something about uh like you 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 have to spare a moment for of prayer for the forsaken or something. Uh, um, yeah, he say he says it's something like prayers for the wicked cannot be you know forgotten or missed like or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah, Gort- Gortney's like, oh, like she was, you know, you're you're praying for her, and he's like, no, I'm praying for me. <laughs> yeah, um, or something, you know, something like that. It's just like damn, uh, yeah. wild. Um, and Garrus, I brought Garrus and uh, uh, Jack with me. And Garrus says, you certainly know how to make an entrance. (laughs) And then you have this whole conversation with with Thane about like what you're doing and blah, blah, blah. Um, And you I think Gortney says something about him, like being surprisingly like chill for somebody who kills so many people. And he says the measures of an individual cannot be by actions alone. Uh, And he says, look around you, like, look at the amount of people you killed just to get to me. But I know that doesn't make you that doesn't mean you're just a killer or whatever, like, um, which is interesting, but also still is a killer. But that's fine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So then, you know, you explain the missions like, yeah, likely it'll be a suicide mission. He says "Mm, a suicide mission will do nicely. Uh, And I started laughing and then he goes, I'm dying. (laughs) I was like, wait a minute. What? Mm -hmm. Um, You're like, "Okay, we could talk about this later. And he's like, yeah, we could talk about it on the ship. So then we head back to the Normandy. Jacob feels weird about having an assassin on the ship because he doesn't like mercenaries and assassins are just, quote, precise mercenaries, um, <laughs> which I think is also a really great line. Uh, I do want to touch upon a line that uh, happens before we cut sure. back to the norm and D. Yeah. Um, like you mentioned, Thane is very much like, yeah, sure, I'll I'll do this mission with you, um, you know, free of charge. And <laughs> and you're like, that's it. Like, that's all it takes. Like, I'm, you know, great. But like, I'm 
I'm amazed that it's that easy. Like you care about humans that much. And he says they're innocent. Yes. Like all victims. Uh, and says the universe is a dark place. I'm trying to make it brighter before I die. Oh, wow. I love Thane so what much. Yeah. Uh, so he asks for somewhere arid to stay and Edie's like, yeah, there's one of the, the cargo bays or whatever is like a little drier than the rest of the ship. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's the, uh, life support, the life support, uh, I don't know. Which is or whatever. Yeah, closet, (laughs) which is funny uh, because it is supporting his life. Uh, So then immediately I'm like, okay, well, I got to figure out what the fuck Thane's deal is. Uh, So I go to talk to Thane. I can get into now Thane. I can get into Uh, weeks ago. I made a meme Mm -hmm. um, that I suppose is probably what we tweeted with this episode. I imagine. Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, It's very funny. Last week. Yeah. Last week, actually. Um chase and i believe somebody else in the uh sue also in the in the discord uh posted the tane bit from uh tim and eric with paul rudd um but anyway uh thane i can get into and i am very into uh first of all i should say this man's voice is something uh big fan yeah (laughs) oh we should mention uh thane is a drill which is uh Oh, we're going to get into the code. We have adventure. not encountered. Oh, okay. That's what you're. Okay. Yeah. Sick. So, yeah, it's, but they look like it's sort of like amphibian or like yeah. reptilian kind of vibe, like iridescent green skin, yeah. like very colorful. It's not just green, but it's yeah. mainly green. Eyes like a chameleon almost, like lizard eyes. Yeah, definitely like all black. Yeah. He's kind of giving um, like shape of water or like the water guy from Hellboy. Um, or um, uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yes. Big right? Creature from the Black Lagoon vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it is. I, I would be willing to bet that that's sort of what they based sure. Thane on. Sure. Yeah. But the Drell are very cool. Uh, and Thane is also very cool. So you go down to talk to him and they're like, hey what's your disease um what's <laughs> what's killing you uh and he tells you that it's a thing called keprel's syndrome mm-hmm. um which basically the planet that drell live on he, he this is what he tells you and then we'll get into the codec entry in a second the planet that the drell are from was very arid so very dry not a lot of moisture in the air uh but then they had to leave their planet and the planet they live on now is not as dry so gradually, the moisture in the air starts affecting the cells in their lungs, mm-hmm. and then they just suffocate. So the the longer they spend in these uh, like moist spaces, mm-hmm. the quicker they die. So he's like, I have like yeah. eight to 12 months, depending on how dry I can keep the environments I'm in. It's like, geez, Louise. Yeah. Um, absolutely horrifying. Uh, and he tells you that the Hanar are working on a genetic like adaptation um, but he doesn't think, you know, he says eight to 12 months he has to live. So mm-hmm. he won't be around uh, to see uh, the results or like the fruits, yeah. the fruits of this labor. Um, yeah, specifically uh, the Drell were evacuated by the Hanar to the Hanar homeworld, yes. which is a very moist place. Yes. Um, so they have a very strong relationship. These yeah. two species. Yeah. So just to get a little more into that, I immediately, immediately hopped into the codex mm-hmm. because I needed to know more about this. The Drell are from a planet called Rakana. Um, and basically what happened was that they industrialized too fast. They poisoned their water. They destroyed the atmosphere. They, they, they uh, destroyed the topsoil. So there was like impossible to sustain, sustain life on this planet. And so then the Hanar began rescue op- operations. And out of the billions of Drell on the planet, only 375,000 
were able to be mm-hmm. saved by the Hanar uh, and brought to uh, Kaji, which is the Hanar planet. And there was basically like an accord made of like, well, the Drell will do things that the Hanar physically cannot do. Uh, right. and, and because the, Kod- the Hanar are just big jellyfish. Yes. They, yeah. For, for those who don't remember, they're just big, weird kind of jelly people. And uh, the Codex says you, you're like really unlikely to find a Hanar on Kaji without a Drell attendant. Um because they are just like so intertwined now. Love it. Shit's so good. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Big fan. Yeah. And in, it's keeping in that theme. What Thane does for the Hanar is kill people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so it's good shit. Our poor boy is dying, but we'll give him an enjoyable eight to 12 months, I guess. <laughs> uh, also here on the Normandy, I went to talk to Samara. Oh, I did just oh, want to, yeah. b- before we move on from Thane, yeah. I feel like there was another way of doing this, which is you recruit Thane. You're like, okay, cool, cool, like assassin with a heart of gold. And then you talk to him a bunch and then find out that he's dying. Yeah. And the the fact that they tell you that he's sick just from the jump that mm-hmm. like this is this is his deal, I think is so good because it it gives you time to just like mo- you can just move past that. Mm-hmm. And now we get in we get into stuff about like Thane's philosophy towards yes. life and his religion and, you know, his thoughts about like being an assassin and, you know, what his plans are for the last, you know, eight to 12 months of his life yeah and i i just think that it's very it's a very smart choice making this character so much deeper yeah that like that's not like the big fun reveal that we right. not fun but you know like yeah. that's not like you know the end point of of what you're learning about thane it's the starting point I yes think it's very good yeah i think it's really great and it speaks a lot to what we were saying last week or the week before about how the writing in this game is just like so much tighter and more interesting mm-hmm. than it was in, in mass effect one you're getting these huge bits of information about every character mm-hmm. like immediately um right. which really really you know gives you more time to know these characters as like people and not just as like characters on a ship mm-hmm. which i just think is so cool uh it's really really good yeah. that's a really good point about about thane immediately starting off with like i'm dying mm-hmm. really good really really good uh so then also on the ship we had to talk to samara um she says, you know, she's just when you ask her, like, where would you like to stay? She's like, I'd like somewhere where I could stare into the void, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, OK, well, you can sit in the starboard observation deck, I guess. Mm-hmm. And she's just literally you go in there. There's like couches in there, but she's just sitting cross legged in the middle of the room, staring out into space uh, in like a trance or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, that the Meditating. Yeah, meditating. Thank you. And, you know, you say hi. And she's like, hello, I haven't talked to a person in 400 years. So this might be <laughs> weird. So just give me like, give me the benefit of the doubt here. And, uh, you know, uh, you just go through the normal questions. Uh, you know, uh, what do you think of the mission? And she says, like, she's like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I am. There's a Thane and Samara have like very similar views of their relationship with Shepard is like, look, Mm -hmm. like I am your arm now, whatever you want done, I will do because that is like my lot here. I think one thing that we maybe uh, and forgive me if I was just not paying attention, but that we might have glossed over with Mm. um, Samara at the end of her mission Mm. um, is that 
in recruiting her, Jen is the or Shepard is like, I need to know that you're going to follow my orders, like mm. irrespective of your code. And she says, that's fine. I can do that. I just have to swear right. that, I, that yes. I will do that. And then, um, you know, the code becomes secondary to your orders, like your orders become mm. the code. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you do that. And then at that point, it's like oh, she's like, yeah, I'm just sort yeah. of your arm, sort of the yeah. same way that Thane thinks about things, as you pointed out. Yeah. But one thing that's really interesting is like you ask Samara, like, do you want to know why we're fighting the collectors? Like, do you want more details yeah. about the mission? She's like, honestly, like living my life the way that I do has taught me that the less I know, the better. Um, she says, if I must kill a man because he has done wrong, do I really wish to know that he is a devoted father? Yeah, dude, that's a line, Sick. man. Oh, Good man, line. that's a line. Uh, yeah. <sighs> I mean, yes. But also, fuck, <laughs> like, holy shit. Yeah, like, um, it's it's fascinating characterization. Yeah, brutal. Um, And I, I, I don't know, I just think it's so interesting that, like, right or wrong, looking into, like, the minds of these characters that they've created, they've just done such a good job of thinking about, like, how would that affect the way that you think about yeah. your life and your work and yeah. good stuff. Yeah, I love um, this is something that actually we, I recorded uh, the final episode of the most recent season of 10 Very Big Books this morning. Mm -hmm. um, and we usually answer listener questions and talk about our general impressions of the book and stuff. And there are, you know, old, you know, immortal races or whatever in the in these fantasy books. And somebody asked, like, <laughs> the question was, like, how long do you think it would take before you, like, lose all connection to, like, life like how long would it take you to turn into just this kind of like shell of a of a of a being whatever um but like i love thinking about like these these like you know elder races or whatever that just like mm -hmm. live for a thousand years like arguably like yeah. too long quote unquote it's just so interesting and i think having samara be this like assassin who needs to think about stuff like this but also be this person who is like if she did like the moments in her life before she like came to the realization of like i want to know as little about my targets as possible like mm -hmm. she has to live with those moments like forever <laughs> like she has right. to live with those things for 900 years. more years yeah. like you can't take that stuff back um it's just so so interesting uh uh, yeah and I'm, I'm a big fan yeah i not to um spoil too much about where Samara's story goes, but yeah. I think that she is a very interesting character in that when it comes to Shepard, sometimes the renegade and paragon split can be like sort of simplistic, yes. <laughs> sort of like, you know, I'm going to be nice or I'm going to be a jerk. Um, but Samara is a great example of she or a sort of a demonstration of like, if you take paragon to, to like, it's greatest extreme. Yeah. The idea that like you always do things exactly by the book what what are the pitfalls of that? Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll get to explore that uh, very soon. And I'm I'm excited to talk about it more with you. Great. I can't wait, Kim. Yeah. Good. Um, yeah. Uh, and then there's a bit that I assume is the, the, the seed to her loyalty mission. But I decided to role play it as like Courtney didn't want to get too personal too quickly because mm -hmm. uh, you can ask about the person she was hunting on Nosostra. Uh, and, and she tells you like, I don't really want to talk about that. That is like how you would say like personal. Um, mm -hmm. so I don't really want to like get into that. And you're like, okay. Um, so I left it there for, for the time being. It's even if, even if you press, I think she doesn't give okay. you more. Okay. I think that's what I did with Jen. Yeah. 
Um, it's like, oh, what? oh, it's you can say, um, I, you know, if it's going to affect the affect the mission, like yeah. I need to know. Yeah. Um, and she just goes, it won't. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Good. Um, <laughs> oh, did you ask her impressions of Jacob and Miranda? I might have. I don't I didn't take note of it. I, I just think the, the her responses are really interesting on Jacob. She says he's an earnest young man. Events will either forge him into a great man or destroy him. Eek. And uh, she calls Miranda a hard woman. Uh, she says she admires her strength and determination. She carries many burdens, but she doesn't share with others as it should be. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Jeez. Interesting. <laughs> So then uh, went and talked to Jack uh, and she is like frantic. Like you don't even get to start the conversation with her. You mm-hmm. like walk down into that area and it immediately starts a cut She's scene. like pacing. She's pacing. She says, uh, I've got all these thoughts in my head, like little bugs that won't leave me alone, which is horrifying. Um, mm-hmm. And she like walks off to like the step area, uh, like like to go back up to engineering. And she like sits down and uh, asks, you know, like, Shepard, what do you know about my history? And you're like, well. You know, I know that you were a child, like experimented on as a child, but not really much else. And so she kind of goes into, you know, Cerberus experimented and tortured me. And there were other kids in this program who also hated me. So like I was like completely isolated and alone and and just like angry and scared mm-hmm. and in, in pain. Yeah. She mentions that the the purpose of this was um, to make her a stronger biotic. Yeah. She said that they there was some theory about uh, a like pain was able to break down like mental barriers to the flow of biotic power or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. which is just a horrifying concept. Uh, and, and well, awful. Yeah. So she says the only reason she was able to make it out was because she took advantage of like an emergency situation, uh, where they had to like unlock all the doors. And she just like, ran, she said, uh, she was running and all the other kids were let out too. And she just started killing until she got out. So she didn't even, she wasn't even, you know, paying mm-hmm. attention to who she killed or how many people she hurt or whatever. She just wanted to get out. And then she makes it to an escape pod or whatever, shoots herself into space. She says she floats there for a while until she was found by a freighter. She said they used me, then sold me. Fucking dark, dude. Yeah. A lot is left to interpretation there. Yeah. 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 Um, and then uh, she you know uh was able to to make it out and and you know did all the crimes that she did and then got arrested and sent to purgatory but man like what a tragic fucking story um Mm -hmm. to the point that i'm thinking like is there a point to making her story so tragic besides to make us go oh how tragic you know (laughs) like i don't know what the payoff for this is if there is one and I mean, I guess, you know, if it's like, you know, real life or whatever, sometimes stuff doesn't stuff doesn't always have a payoff and like, yeah, OK, mm-hmm. I get that. But I, that doesn't necessarily make that super engaging for me. Yeah, I will say I think that to the extent that there is a payoff, I don't know that we even get it in this game. Sure. Jack's story goes interesting places in Mass Effect 3 if she okay. survives Mass Effect 2, because, um, <laughs> yeah, it's a risk Anyone can anyone can die. You mean game. it's a suicide mission? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, just it, but if we get there, I think her story does go in an interesting place and like gets some uh, closure, I guess. But um, I don't know that like that 
feels very separate from the question of like, is it, you know, is it necessary for her life to to have been so tragic? Yeah, I don't know that that answers that question. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it, it certainly raises a lot of interesting questions about like what humans specifically like what mm-hmm. ends they're willing to go to in order to like gain power, um, mm-hmm. which I think is an interesting, you know, uh, an interesting lens or an interesting view of this world. But it's also seen, I think, in a lot of other ways, just generally. Um, but yeah. this is like this is like the 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 most extreme that we've seen um, and the most like explicit like we are doing this to try and get more power. There is no like, you know, it's not hidden under the veneer of like money or like influence or whatever. It is just like straight up like, you know, power like bi- biotics are shooting magic from your hands. So like there's no like <laughs> more raw uh, uh, uh uh, show of of power than I think a, a biotic blast or whatever. Um, so interesting. I'm curious to see uh, where her story goes. She says she wants to go back to Pragya, which is where the base, the Cerberus base was, uh, and she wants to blow it up. And then Gortney's like, "Well, there are probably still people there, right?" And she's like, "No, it was it, it was abandoned. Whatever. I just want to blow it up, and I just need to be able to move on with this part of my life." Uh, you're like, "Okay, yeah, sure. Look, if this will help you move on, let's go. Let's go and do it." So. Then I headed back to I headed back to the combat information center and Kelly Chambers told me Morden wants to talk. So I go and talk to Morden and he says, hi, uh, part of my team from the genophage work I did. Uh, his name is Malon, uh, has been captured in Tachanka. So can we go rescue him? And I was like, sure. He says, OK, I think he was last seen outside Erdnot territory, as in Erdnot Rex, as in mm-hmm. the best boy. Um, so boy. I'm extremely hot to, to go do that one. Uh, yeah. So, it, you know, he said my assistant, my my mm-hmm. teammate or whatever, you know, he's just worried about him. So, OK. Yeah. Cool. Did you um, check your mail? Uh, yes. Uh, um, I just want to point out, there's a message from a Solarian that. Thane saved in Dantia's Towers, who's kind of like, oh, yeah, like he he saved people and me and like some other Solarians. And Mm. I just wanted to thank him. Um, But I just wanted to highlight a line of this. Uh, He says, seeing him changed my life, woke up something in me I don't fully understand yet. Same dude. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Um, Yeah, if you weren't a monster fucker with Garrus, I think Thane is like your your stepping stone. Yeah. Can I can I ask like where your head is at, uh, mo- like monster fucking wise right now? Uh, like would I fuck a monster? No, just <laughs> what monster? Mo- what monster As am I looking would, to fuck? I guess the question is what would Gortney fuck a monster? And if so, which monster is she um, currently? Uh, who does she have her eyes on? Yeah, I think I think Garrus is like too much of like a like a really, really close friend mm. and like confidant. Mm-hmm. That she's not romantically interested in Garrus. Wow. Okay. I think Thane maybe, mm. but we'll see like where that stuff goes, or if he just remains like a sad dying guy. <laughs> oh okay. I mean, that's fine. You know, it's fine to be mm-hmm. a sad dying guy, but also, you know, if I'm trying to get freaky, you know, I just- yeah. <laughs> the one um, thing I will I will say uh, is that some romances from Mass Effect Two. If you want to try that romance in Mass Effect 3, like they're only, quote, legacy romances. So, Mm. like, you have to have romance certain people in 2 to get their romances in 3. So just if you're looking 
towards the future. Like I would like to see XYZ romance, mm-hmm. maybe look up a guide for that, but otherwise live your truth. Yeah. I think honestly, I'm still having the same problem I was with mass effect one, mm-hmm. where I feel like I don't like, I know these people better than I did the crew in mass effect mm-hmm. one, but like, it's still not like a romantic thing. Like they're still just people that I rely on and like, am yeah. am, am on this mission with, but I'm not like, quote unquote interested in them outside mm-hmm. of like I like Thane's voice and I think Garrus mm-hmm. is a is a noble guy. Yeah. I you get more sort of deeper and starting to be flirtatious dialogue after the loyalty missions. So sure. I'll be interested to see if that like changes the vibe. Sure. I hope um, it does. I hope it does. Yeah. Because like, you know, I remember in Mass Effect 1, it was like it all kind of felt really forced. And then you're like, oh, it's mm-hmm. before Ilos. So I guess let's go have sex with someone. Right. (laughs) Okay. yeah, sure. Um, But like even the the, like Liara stuff, like learning most of her stuff is learning about the Asari as a race, Mm -hmm. not really about her and her feelings, really. Um, So so I'm just I I hope that we're able to get deeper into that stuff in this game uh, before I I able to pass judgment. But if you're asking AJ, um, I would fuck Thane. (laughs) So I knew it. There you go. I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, excellent yeah so there you go uh but now that's all the normandy stuff that i did uh and i well i guess that's technically it i did a little bit more uh just like general ilium stuff mm-hmm. and i did did you go back to uh liara after getting her data yes i did did i not talk about that earlier yeah yeah so i um uh, uh, uh did the liara stuff um well well, what else was there i i remembered she says that she thinks she'd be able to find the information caches for the the shadow brokers agents and then i didn't do i didn't say anything about let's go find the shadow broker because i didn't know i thought that would start the dlc mission got it okay yeah so so this is actually where i finished the liara like i i got the security stuff um and she tells you the stuff about the information caches uh about the shadow broker and stuff but she also tells you uh about uh a friend that she lost in in a a mission i guess it was just an information gathering mission or what was oh, no please explain it to me yeah yeah i maybe you didn't uh ask the questions so liara so she tells you she's planning to kill the shadow broker yes and um by way of explanation she's like well i was on a job with a friend and i got we got caught by his people the shadow broker caught my friend and i want to find him and as you ask more questions it turns out that job was recovering Shepard's body. Oh. Because the shadow broker picked picked Shepard up. Um and Whoa. Cerberus so Cerberus comes to Liara and is like, "We know where Shepard's body is and we can rebuild them if you go get them." And so Holy shit. Um Cerberus pairs her up with her friend, uh he's a drell named Farron. And yeah, so she she's like Okay, so she goes on this mission with Farron to recover Shepard's body, wow. and uh, Farron ends up sacrificing himself to make sure Liara gets out with Shepard's body, and Liara passed Shep's body onto Cerberus, and Cerberus rebuilt them. Wow. Um, and you can ask her, like, why did you give me to Cerberus, of all people? And she, um, oh, she says, um, 
before you get to that part, there's a part where you're just like, I can't believe you're like doing all of this shit and like trying to kill the shadow broker or whatever. <laughs> She's like, you were gone and we all did what we had to do after that, which yeah. is very powerful. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, when when you say like, why did you give me to Cerberus? She says uh, something along the lines of like my friend was dead and they were offering me a glimmer of hope. Like, yeah. why would I not take that? Mm. Wow. Wow. That's good. Yeah. Um, Sorry. I'm realizing now all of those details are the things that you learn after you're like, let's find the shadow. The shadow burger. That's fine. No, I think it's good. I think that's a better conclusion to, to this bit before we next week go into the shadow broker mission, because like, otherwise it's just like you do a really boring, like you run back and forth and hit, Mm -hmm. do a couple hackings. And then she's like, thank you. I have information. Um, so I think that's a more satisfying ending to this kind of <laughs> mini mini arc of uh, of, of Liara's story mm-hmm. uh, and will lead us nicely into next week. Sure. But uh, just a couple more things I wanted to touch on here on Ilium. Yeah. Uh, Shiala is here, who was the Asari, yeah. who was uh, given to the Thorian by Saren, uh, who was then, you know, using her as, as his voice and stuff uh, and tells you that the people of Zeus Hope the colonists of Zeus Hope. Well, first of all, she's green, which I did not ask about because that mm-hmm. felt invasive. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I, AJ, am curious about. But oh, there, yeah. there is an explanation that I can... Uh, I'm sure there is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she tells you that the people of Zeus Hope signed contracts uh, uh, with the Barrier Frontiers in order to try and figure out the lasting effects of the Thorian... I don't know, indoctrination or whatever you want to call it, mind mm-hmm. control. Um, because if you remember, the Thorian is like an organic being that was re- uh, uh, controlling people via spores mm-hmm. and stuff uh, and was not actually mind controlling them, but was actually just like conditioning them through pain to do the things that it wanted the colonists to do. So there are lasting effects from that. People get headaches. They get, you know, just like muscle aches, whatever. When they get close to each other, uh, in, in some instances, these things are like amplified because they're, you know, the spores are like still in their bodies and are reacting to each mm-hmm. other. So this company called the Barrier Frontiers came to help them, uh, like to run scans on them and to figure out what was wrong. Uh, but it turns out they didn't read, they didn't have a contract lawyer uh, uh, pick apart these contracts uh, because also in there was like, hey, if we deem it necessary and then whatever necessary means, um, we can just do extremely invasive procedures on you. Um, so they've been just using. Always read your contracts. <laughs> Don't just rely on whatever Asari the big evil plant yeah. spits out when it dies. <laughs> So the, you know, the people are being experimented on by the barrier frontiers, the barrier frontiers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, Shiala's like, can you like help, please? Like, can you go to like, yeah, the, the I've been trying to talk to the barrier frontiers representative here, but she's just like not hearing me out. So, you know, uh, you I do chat. think interesting to point out, you're like, is this like actually a risk that they're going to force you to like do these experiments she's like no they're not actually going to enforce it but they're arguing that it's a breach of contract so that we now have to pay full price for for like you know these services that we were getting at a highly discounted rate rendered services which is interesting uh and also um her being green is is just like a holdover from from the thorian because when recall that uh when she was connected to the thorian she was also green and then like returned to her normal blue after um or maybe she was purple i don't know when after like that connection was severed um and she's like yeah this is like part of 
the like oh health God. problems that we're all experiencing That's for, for me personally i am still green <laughs> i am green um <laughs> Wow. So, yeah, that's that's uh, the explanation. Of I love that. That uh, Courtney uh, did not though. ask because she's polite. <laughs> yeah. Jin's not. Jin has no chill. So, yeah. Yeah. He asked. So then you go talk to the the, the barrier representative. Her name is Erinya. Uh, she's very mean. She's kind of giving a sorry supremacist vibes. You know, very racist what, against all other. Yeah. Races, talking yeah. about pollinating the or uh, 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 what polluting the Asari gene pool, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then you're like, hey, why do you hate? This seems like really personal. Why do you hate people so much? Uh, Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, the mother of my daughters was on uh, uh, or was was killed in the Geth uh, uprising. And then my daughters were killed on the Citadel when uh, fucking Sovereign showed up. Uh, So I hate everyone who's not sorry. And you're like, hey, Mm -hmm. do you think they would want you to act like this? Uh, To which she is immediately like. (laughs) <laughs> falls to the ground is like no you're right um and mm-hmm. this is where i took note just the, a lot of the people you talk to here you, they just need to see a therapist one time because <laughs> yeah. it's the same thing with the asari who's like we, we referenced earlier who's in the relationship with the krogan it's like i don't know if if he just wants to like he just, he just wants to have kids or if he wants to actually mm-hmm. be together forever i don't know if he actually knows what that means he said that he gets it but i don't know and then Courtney's like well if he said it then you should trust him or you don't trust him and you end it. And she's like, wow, mm-hmm. I never thought about it like that. It's like, go to a therapist one time. Yeah, one will, time. You will get there. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you, like, convince this woman to stop being a racist, I guess. Um, and she's <laughs> yeah. like, sure, yeah, take take whatever you need. I'll yeah. change the whatever. I just, I, this is so interesting. Uh, and it got me thinking a lot about, like, Ilium is as compared to Novaria, since they're mm. both the like, you know, capitalism hellscape planet. Right. And I, I feel like Ilium doesn't hit as hard as Novaria for Definitely me. And like, this is a great example of why, like the idea that there's, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on here with like this, these medical contracts and like, like there's, there's obviously a lot that could be said here about like the, medical industry in general which is uh, obviously fucked up in innumerable ways and it, it seems like they're going in that direction and then it sort of gets like whittled down to this like yeah. instead of addressing that big question we're just gonna have one lady who's obviously like mean and racist and then you're gonna fix her and everything's gonna be fine yeah. and it's like yeah. it just kind of feels like a cop-out and doesn't really work yeah uh, meanwhile, also, there's uh, as you walk out of here, there are other Asari nearby who are like bad mouthing Arena. And, yes. and one of them is like, she's a pureblood. What do you expect? They're all like that. Gross. It's like, what have we learned? Nothing. And she even <laughs> like, says when you're talking to her, she's like, these, like the, the, the Asari who like, you know, believe in, you know, ver- diversifying the gene pool or whatever mm-hmm. are the same ones who came up with the like uh, uh, racist term pureblood, mm-hmm. which, you know, I thought was was a pretty interesting lens. Yeah. Um, but. I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, so that you do happens. this. You tell Shiala, she's like, "Hey, thank you." And then I don't know if this she happened did. to you. It did. She hits on yeah, you. Yeah, she's like, "Look, if you ever find yourself in wherever she is, like, mm-hmm. come she's still find Paris, me." I guess. It's like, okay, I yeah, guess this and like, is happening. And like, puts her hand on your shoulder. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, I, yeah, and it never goes anywhere. I was like, "Why is this happening?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, fine, I guess, but yeah. um. Yeah, yeah, just really funny. Yeah, so that and then the 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 relationship thing. Um, yeah, we got to talk about Char. Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about Char, and then I think we can uh, we can wrap the yeah. episode up. So you walk up, 
to this gift shop and there's a Krogan there yelling poetry about the blue rose of Ilium and like plant your roots in the the soils of Tuchaka. It's so good, man. <laughs> so you go and talk to this Asari. She's like, sorry, that's my boyfriend or sort of my ex-boyfriend. We're on a break. <laughs> and, and she's like, you know, he's like, he's trying to show me that he's a sensitive guy because I like broke up with him or whatever. And yeah, basically, as we, we alluded to earlier, she's worried that the only reason he wants to be with her is because he wants to have children because he can't uh, have children with a Krogan woman because of the genophage. Um, and she's like, I explained to him that like our kids would be a sorry, but he said that he'd love our girls either, you know, no matter like what color they were, no said. matter what. Yes. Um, thank you. And she mentions like, oh, he's smart and he's fun and he has a good job. But is this real? And so you basically, yeah, you basically get to be like, you should give him another chance or you should dump him. Yeah. And a gin went with dump him, oh, which I, I didn't actually want to do, but it felt like a gin thing to do. Yeah. I do actually. I love Char. I would date Char. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think that she she. So, yeah, part of the, the issue with with her is she's like, I don't know if he's like permanent bond material and like. Like you said, like, it's not like with a human where I can just like stick it out for a century and then they die. Mm -hmm. Like he he's going to he's as long lived as I am. Yeah. So I don't know if I want to settle down with him for the rest of my thousand yeah. years. So, yeah, I, Jin was like, listen, if you settle down with him, you'll spend the rest of your life worried if he just wanted to be with you to have kids, Ooh. which I think it's very obvious that that's not the case. No, but Jin's an idiot. So, yeah. Yeah, Gortney, like I said, was like, look, if he said these things, like if he said that he knows all of like he gets all of these implications mm -hmm. and stuff, then you either need to trust him and go forward with it or doubt him and end it because it's not really doing either of you any good kind of sitting in this like mm -hmm. weird stasis. Uh, and she's like, you know what? You're right. I, I should trust him and we should you know, get together. And so then they they leave together. It's very sweet. And she gives you a discount at the gift shop. <laughs> yeah, she gives you a so discount. So you can at the buy some fish or a, a model ship. Yeah, I did. Um, I actually cheap. I bought a fish and then did this, and I was like, "Well, shit, what was the, even the point?" You know? Yeah. Love. Ugh. <laughs> Uh, Love. So, yeah make sure you feed that fish between every i know yeah i have to i have to make sure i go to the the captain's quarters now mm -hmm. every time uh so that'll be it for today's episode uh thanks thanks <laughs> i just said thanks and that was it um thank you see ya uh thank you so much for listening to this show if you like it please tell a friend leave us a review wherever you would like um, check them every once in a while if I'm being totally honest with you but but really sharing the show on Twitter you know retweeting our stuff or just like telling a friend who you might think is is fun if you're in like a Mass Effect forum or something maybe share us in the Mass Effect Reddit <laughs> I don't know um, no actually keep us off Reddit sorry yeah don't put us on Reddit <laughs> Uh, if you like our art, it is by the one and only Scout Wilkinson. You can find all of her links in the show notes. The art is absolutely incredible, uh, and Scout is a joy to work with. So if you have a creative project that you need illustration for, uh, please, please, please get Scout to work with you on it. Uh, if you like the music, it's by Amaranth, and his link's also in the show notes to his band camp and his Twitter. Also amazing to work with. He's He writes some incredible music, and he's a fun guy. Um, so those links are down there if you would like to work with him. 
If you would like to follow the show on Twitter, we're at AsyncPod. If you would like to join the community Discord, uh, that is the worst garbage dot online, which is at the very bottom of our show notes that I have linked to the Discord. I have a link to all the other shows, including Frog of the Week, which Kim and I both work on, and Into the Aether, which I also produce. Uh, if you would like to follow me on Twitter, I am at AJ Faleri. I'm at Okimis. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Okimis to uh, watch me stream some Mass Effect. Sorry, I did a little bit off stream this week because uh, I was feeling a little sick at the end of last stream. So <laughs> I stopped early. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that's it. Uh, next week, like we said, we'll be doing the Shadow Broker mission as well as Miranda's loyalty mission. But uh, always keep an eye on our Twitter for the exact stuff we're doing because sometimes it changes from the time that we record to the time that we tweet. Um, so keep an eye out for that and we will see you next week. Kim, do you have any final words for us today? Uh, I do. I do. Take a page out of Thane's book. Uh, the universe is a dark place, so try to make it brighter before you die. Hell yeah. Bye, everybody. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. TWG, the worst garbage, the online.